welcome to Bi Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and Indy. And today we'll be talking about my favorite subject in the whole world, besides, you know, psychology, representation, all the important stuff, anime. <laughs> so if you don't like anime, you might as well click away now. But it's also, if you don't like to watch it, after hearing this episode, you might consider yeah. it is a actual medium and not just cartoons for children. Yeah, I realize maybe it's good to explain what anime is, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't really know, actually. Yeah, and a lot of people have misconceptions that anime is like Japanese porn cartoons. <laughs> I mean, maybe France and Italy are the countries where we watch the more anime as kids, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure in a, lot, in a lot of other countries, it's it's barely a thing. Yeah, probably. I mean, okay, so anime is Japanese animation, basically, you know, carto- it is cartoons, it's, it's animated work, uh, but the difference, I think, with most Western media, even though now there's a lot of, like, adult-oriented mm-hmm. cartoons, like... Bojack Horseman, Archer, um, Big Mouth, like all these series Mm -hmm. are more geared towards adults. But anime was really the first one to be like oriented towards not just children, but also teenagers, young adults and adult people. And the medium started up basically in the beginning of the 20th century. Uh, I think the first anime dates back to like 1902 or something. It's super old. But it's it's all the Japanese tradition of visual representation. Yeah. And and so with with art and then with manga, which is the the cartoon the the comics, the comics, the yeah. comics. and and then animes. It's 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 a form of art and expression. Yeah. It's and even though you can compare it to some Western mm-hmm. uh, cartoons or comics, it really has its own code and history. Yeah. And anime is hugely influential in not just Japan. I mean, in Japan, it's huge. It's also quite influential in the Western world, more and more so, now that we have streaming services like Crunchyroll and Funimation, for example. Uh, So I thought it would be interesting to look back at the history of the portrayal of queerness in, in anime, because there's a lot of it. And a lot of it kind of flies under the radar because it's a little... Culturally, also, it's it's very difficult to portray. Nowadays, it's getting better and better. It's getting easier for, for animators to put queer relationships and queer characters in. But before, a lot of it had to be very, like, allegorical and very sort of covert. It's 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 like also like in Western movies yeah. to, to try to work around censorship. Mm. But then also this phenomenon of for people who watched anime as kids or even later, but like the westernized version, like the dubbed version. Mm-hmm. And a lot of there is cut, or the dubbing changes the meaning entirely. We'll discuss that yeah. for sure. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of look back, and the first um, major work that I discovered uh, that had sort of uh, queer themes it was Devilman Crybaby. It's based on a manga from the, from the 70s. And recently they made a remake of it. It's, there's a Netflix anime. Uh, directed by Masaki Yuasa, and the guy's already super experimental. All of his stuff is kind of disturbing to watch, but also very interesting. And in this show, basically the the main character gets turned into a half-demon. He saves people, but because he is a demon, people actually... Uh, well, they demonize him. They, mm-hmm. they, they um, try to chase him out of society, they hunt him down. He... His best friend turns out to be Satan, yeah, and uh, he falls in love with him. So the oh. one of the, I mean, spoiler alert, one of the final scenes is the two of them kind of lying in this, like, wreckage of, well, it's, it's very it's very graphic, it's very violent, so there's, like, carnage all over the place, but they're lying together, like, in each other's arms. 
It also has a lesbian relationship. Well, kind of relationship. One of the one of the other devil men, a woman, she falls in love with another uh, with another girl. And I just found it very interesting that like the the whole devil men concept that you know you're actually doing good, but because of who you are, people are are demonizing you. It's a very good kind of metaphor for it queerness. Is. It is. Right? Yes. Yes. Can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. About because. It's it's uh, to be seen within the cultural context. Yeah. And how are things in Japan in regards to queerness and sexuality? People are, I think nowadays more open than than ever. Of course, you know we discussed this on a previous a previous episode that queerness was always part of Japanese history, but more recently it was silenced also because of Western influences. Nowadays, it's kind of okay. It's easier in bigger cities. It's, there's still a lot of stigma. But there's also this other side of queerness being fetishized, and I will touch on that later. But there is this new stream of media geared more, mostly towards young women where queerness is portrayed in a not very favorable light, but it's still representation. Even also the, the queerness, I mean, there's sexuality and, and pretty free sexuality in, in like, Ancient Japan, yeah, but there's also marriage and the social rules that you have to follow, yeah, and so you kind of have to. I mean, what I understand is that you kind of have to follow those rules, yeah, and then you can do whatever you want, yeah. And marriage is not about love, yeah. A lot of the marriages in Japan are still kind of arranged in a way, or at least are practical, and it's actually a huge problem because younger people they don't want that. So the the rates of marriage and childbirth have fallen drastically mm. in the past couple of years because also people want to focus on their careers and because of the work culture in Japan, it's very difficult for them to find someone, yeah. like for a working woman, to find a husband who would be okay with her not staying at home and not bearing children. Culturally there's still a huge rift yeah. Um, rift there, but anyway, to go back to <laughs> anyway, to go back to anyway, there's also a so I I kind of I researched stuff and I found probably the most famous anime shows and also the ones that I watched so I can talk about them. There was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is the manga started in '87. Um, there was an anime that came out quite recently, the past like ten years, and it's very campy. It's based on like those. 80s muscle movies kind of thing, uh, but w- w- the main antagonist, he's quite sympathetic. Uh, you kind of understand why he does the thing he does, and apparently in one of the in one of the parts of the manga, he actually has a same-sex relationship. So that's interesting. There's also Ghost in the Shell, which I think everyone knows because there was a yeah there was a movie with Scarlett Johansson. Let's not talk about it. It was traumatic. The movie actually did feature a same-sex kiss involving ScarJo, but it was cut out in a lot of countries' releases, like South Korea and Japan, I, I believe. But also, the movie itself was fraught with a lot of problems like whitewashing a character. Let's just not go there. So yeah, but the the main the main character. Um, Motoko, she is a half robot. She is an android, and she does have some same-sex relationships or relations, I guess. And then the next one, I think you can actually talk about because it's uh, Sailor Moon. <laughs> I grew up with Sailor Moon. So to 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 give you the timeline, the manga came out between ninety-one and ninety-seven. The anime came out between ninety-two and 90, ninety-seven, and the new anime just came out in 2014 to 2015. Yeah, Sailor Moon. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, ha- I mean, to be honest, I had one of my best friends was obsessed mm. with Sailor Moon. I, I wasn't 
I was into it, but not that much. Mm. You know, it's a bunch of schoolgirls that have like superpowers and and fight evil in very very short uh, skirts that are looking like school uniforms. A lot of questions about all of that. It's I mean I couldn't see it back then, mm-hmm. and I mean there's clearly later in the in the manga and in the anime a lesbian relationship, yeah, like, an actual couple. Yeah, but the way it's translated in most most cases or even completely cut out so I had never realized that until very recently and yeah. it's there's a lot of like sapphic tension in that in that anime yeah but it's never completely explicit in the dubbed yeah in the dubbed uh, or or westernized version version for for a westernized public and I actually have never watched the the original, the, the original one it's very gay I have kind of two examples of, of how the dub screwed over <laughs> a lot of things. So the first one, of course, is Haruka and Michiru in the Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune. So in the in the American dub, they were translated as cousins. And if you do those kinds of things with your cousin, then you have an issue. <laughs> um, um, and it's a kind of okay if it's a very, very, very remote cousin. But yeah. Like first cousin, it's like super, super weird. And the, the interesting thing <laughs> is that, like, even in the original, though, in yeah. the 90s, anyway, um, mm-hmm. in the original Haruka, the, the more butch one, she was just a butch woman. But in the manga and in the new show that is more faithful to the mm-hmm. manga, she, she actually defines herself as both a man and a woman. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, non-binary. Yeah, kind of, kind of non-binary. Yeah. I mean, they still refer to her yeah. as, 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 as a she, but there's that. And also, in, I think that was the first season of the anime or the first part of the anime, there were these two villains... I will probably butcher their names, but it's Zewisite and Kunizite. They were they were like the henchmen of the, the main oh, yeah. queen. Yeah. And they were super, super gay. They were involved, they died in each other's arms. But they're, they're, they're like the, the, the specialist been in Voltron. Yeah. Basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And so they, they in a lot of translations they were like bro dudes. <laughs> and in some translations they even changed one of their genders to make the couple straight. <laughs> because they were quite feminine, like in the anime. You can't really tell what gender they are. <laughs> So it was easy for translators to do that, just to make that a straight couple. Yeah. There's also another show that you've seen, Evangelion. For people who live under a rock, Neon Genesis Evangelion is probably one of the most iconic animes. It's also super depressing, but it's something that like everyone has to watch if they if you like anime have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's 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 a classic. Yeah, and the thing is, the main character Shinji, he he's very like his portrayal is quite faithful to mental health issues, so that's mm-hmm. already a good representation. Yeah. Also, at one point, he falls in love with the guy who mm-hmm. ends up being an antagonist, but he falls for the guy, and you see throughout the show that Shinji is kind of awkward around women, mm-hmm. like. He, he does have crushes, quite serious ones, but he always seems to be very, very awkward around them. And then this guy comes along and suddenly they're like sharing a bathtub together. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> then there's... Or, or bye, but with issues. Yeah. But yeah, he, I mean, it's interesting. But you know, which is really interesting just is that I, I watched the anime. I actually uh, found some of the mangas at my place mm-hmm. um, recently. I had completely forgotten that I had them, and I think I missed all of that the first time that I watched it. And I was obsessed mm-hmm. with Evangelion, and I was I was like eighteen or something. Mm-hmm. I completely missed all of the gay stuff, and it's really very telling on on how we function and the way we protect and what we see and how we relate with visual representation. Yeah. 
Yeah, also Denial is a very, very yeah. powerful thing. Yeah, Denial is very, very powerful. There's also another show that I just started watching, and I think I have to continue watching. It's Revolutionary Girl Utena. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's from the 90s. Basically, street characters just don't exist in that show. Um, most of the main characters are bi. Uh, one of the only characters who was officially straight in the manga is a lesbian in the anime. And the the, the, the core of the show is this uh, relationship between a cross-dressing female prince, Utena, and the girl that she basically won in a duel. <laughs> so it's it's very, like, gay. It has to do with gender stereotypes. You know, women can't duel, and then she's, like, this amazing swords person. And it's very openly gay. Yeah, it's very openly gay. And even the male characters, I mean, I saw the first episode, even the male characters are, like, you know, long hair, super thin. I mean, it's also, like, the aesthetic of the time. Yeah, it's the aesthetic of the manga. But, like, looking back at it now, it's, like, it, it's very, it plays with gender roles quite quite a bit. Yeah. And speaking of gender roles, there's a show that I don't believe you've seen, because it's a little bit later. It's Orin High School Host Club. I heard about it. It's So it's one of the first animes that I've ever seen. It's The manga came out between 2002 and 2010, and the anime um, came out in 2006. And so at the core of it is the main character. She is this, well, um, poor girl who goes to a very mm-hmm. rich school. She has short hair, and she says herself that she doesn't really care whether people refer to her as a man mm-hmm. or a woman. And she joins this club of high school boys who offer their services as kind of companions to rich girls. And she pretends to be a guy to pay off a debt yeah. because she broke a vase. There's like a whole thing. But anyway, so the show itself is quite queer. The main character doesn't care about her gender. There are two twins who play gay with each other. It's a little weird. There is a lot of like homosexual tension. And also the main character's father is actually a professional cross-dresser. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And it's it's also quite interesting how this show is like it's clearly geared towards girls. It's very like pink and there's roses everywhere. There's like sakura leaves falling everywhere. But it's very progressive for yeah. something like that. No, I was thinking about two shows that I watched as a, as a mm-hmm. kid and, and, and teenager and mostly kid. It's it's Sanseya. I mean, because when you think about Andromeda's character, I don't even know his original name because I only know the French translation. Mm. I mean, he has a very strange relationship with his brother. And also he's portrayed in a very feminine way. So you're really there in that in that nine form of... Uh, non-binary wouldn't be culturally um, exact, mm. but like playing with, with gender expression, clearly. Mm. And then there's the Rose of Versailles, mm. um, Lady Oscar in French for some reason, mm. where the main character is this uh, woman who's was um, raised to be a man, basically, mm. and, and becomes a guard. And she, she hides that she's a woman until a certain point in the story. Mm. And even though she ends up before dying, sorry, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. because it's during the French Revolution, and she died. died. <laughs> and um, she ends up with her best friend. Mm. Um, but at one point there's this this long arc about her relationship with the queen mm-hmm. and it's very gay yeah very except the queen doesn't really know she's a woman but well i also wanted to talk about like there are certain yaoi animes that came out in the 2000s that i consider to be like the gateway <laughs> yaoi like everyone if you're a fan of yaoi you're gonna know them because there's only so many there's ginger romantica and sekaichi hatsukoi or world's number one love or something, I don't remember how it's translated, but it's made by the same author. The characters all look the same. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those shows that, like, if you want to get into Yahweh, people are going to recommend it to you. And it's quite sweet, but also, and this is kind of a theme across all the other shows that I'm going to mention right now, 
it does kind of romanticize violence. There's shows like Tyrant Falls in Love, Hybrid Child, Type Trope, Hate Class President, Kira Papa, Sex Pistols. In all of these shows, they kind of romanticize the idea of non-consensual sex. Yeah. Because, and, and this is like a trope in a lot of yaoi manga and anime that, you know, one guy imposes himself on the other and the other is like fighting back, but then suddenly when the penis is in, it's all okay. Yeah, it's, it's uh, and yaoi is gay. Yeah, it's yaoi is gay, is gay anime and yeah. gay manga, male gay, yeah. For, for female, it's yuri. The yuri... It's not as violent sexually, I find, but there is still some, like, consent issues. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. But consent issues is something that is very present in, in the manga. Yeah. And, like, the, the more recent yeah. manga and anime. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a big issue. And, like, all these shows are, are they're great and they're sweet and they're funny, but you have to take into account that there is this trope and if that's not your cup of tea, then maybe you'd want to watch something else. Like... This is a beautiful segue. <laughs> one of the shows that few people know about, um, more recent ones, is Number Six. I think it's based on a series of light novels, and the anime came out in 2011. It's like 11 or 12 episodes. The So the main character, they live in this like society where everything is super sterile. And then the main character saves the life of this boy who came from the slums. And then years later... The main character is persecuted by his government, and this boy, he comes back, and he takes him to the slums with him, and he saves his life. So this this slum boy is an actor who acts in drag in, like, the underground theater. The two of them live together. They kiss. They dance together on a pile of garbage. It's very romantic. <laughs> the show does have a sad ending in the end because they realize that they live in very different worlds and they have to part. But it's a very beautiful relationship. It's one of the shows that I really have no problem with the portrayal of the relationship of. It's it's okay. beautifully done. It's aesthetically gorgeous. And honestly, like when I first watched the show, I would go back and rewatch their dance together. Mm-hmm. I think it's like episode eight for anyone who wants to see it. Like no, I think it's earlier than that. Anyway, so I would go back to rewatch it like time mm-hmm. and time again. And on to the more popular ones that everyone knows: Attack on Titan. Obviously, there's a Lesbian relationship between Ymir and Krista, who becomes a queen, so that's good for her. Reiner, who is one of the antagonists, but he also explicitly said he didn't have any interest in women. And one of the generals, the, the commanders in the show, has an ambiguous gender. In in the translations, Hanji is gendered as a woman, but the creator explicitly said that he didn't want to give Hanji a gender. Yeah. There's Black Butler, uh, which is about demons and and death gods and one of the death gods is this campy kind of stereotype of a trans person so it could either be a problematic trans person but it could also be just a funny drag gag you can't really tell uh could be one or the other there's also hetalia i don't know if you're familiar with hetalia it's uh, okay uh hetalia is one of those shows that people watch and would like to forget i think it's (laughs) it's based on world war ii yeah and each character is a country Oh yeah, this one. Okay, yeah. yeah. I didn't know the name. Hetalia, yeah. And so it's very long. It, it the, the episodes are super short, and it has a lot of like very problematic portrayals of well, all the stereotypes, like the Italian character, the Italy character, always likes pasta and stuff, and Germany dotes on Italy because it's World War Two. <laughs> yeah. Um. Actually, France in Hetalia, according to the creator of the show, is attracted to everyone regardless of gender. Yeah, I mean. 
which is consistent. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, it's consistent. I mean, it's also consistent with some representation, you know, the French lover, the yeah. Italian. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. consistent with that. So this is something I wanted to throw in. There's also Gurren Lagann, which is the mecha anime. And that, that one was interesting because it's super, like, hyper-masculine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very loud and very, like, action-packed. But there's one character who is the main mechanic, of like all the mechas who's brilliant at everything he does and he Leron that's his name he's portrayed as kind of a man and a woman he does like in his acts he's very campy gay he wears makeup he has like the mm-hmm. the lips and everything but he's also like he owns a sexuality he teases all the straight guy characters about their insecurity and their mm-hmm. masculinity and he's really good at what he does so it's it's a very interesting portrayal there's also psychopaths which is one of my favorite shows of all time it's a very convoluted plot but basically this you know human society is is ruled by a system that determines whether you're a good or a bad person based on your psychological responses and that if you you know, you fall below a certain level, you get imprisoned. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like what's going on in China right now. Interesting. Um, and so the two characters, they're both criminals, but they work for the police force. One of them is a lab technician, and the, the other one is kind of like a police person. They, there was an explicitly post-coital scene with them. So mm-hmm. they, they're both like naked in bed together. One of them is smoking. Um, they're both very feminine. So that's also interesting. Neither one of them is butch. One of the, the main character at one point, she comes in, uh, she, she walks in on them mm-hmm. in a obviously romantic position, yeah. and her reaction normalizes it. Like she doesn't think twice about it. Mm. So I think it's, it's really good that there are portrayals like that. Um, out of the more recent ones, there's also Hitori Jime My Hero, which is a very sweet show. It that one doesn't do the rape thing, <laughs> so that's <laughs> really good. But there's, there's like it's quite problematic also because there is, I mean. There's an age gap between the characters, and there's also a power imbalance because one of them is the other's teacher, even oh. though they've known each other for years. So, it, it, yeah, it's it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. There's Kill the Kill, which is also done by the same studio as Gurren Lagann, where the main character and her best friend, the best friend encourages the main character uh, in the final battle, mm-hmm. and her motivation is, if you like win, we can go on a date together. And she even kisses the main character, Yuko, when asking her out. Mm -hmm. And the final scene of Kill the Kill shows the two of them on a date together. So it's really nice. There's also Love Stage, which is, again, one of those... It's a yaoi show. That one, again, doesn't do the non-consensual thing. It's very sweet. One of the characters... The two of them are actors. And one of the characters dresses up in drag as a child because, like, the girl dropped out of acting in a commercial Mm -hmm. and so the the kid the other kid falls in love with him and then years later they do like a remake of that commercial like to commemorate the anniversary of the product and the guy realizes that the other person is a guy and has this whole crisis like kind of like shang and mulan like am i actually gay (laughs) so he does have a bad reaction to it but eventually they get to know each other and they ask you know they ask each other out and it's it's kind of romantic and the other one that i kind of wanted to address even though it makes me feel a little icky it's called super lovers (laughs) I love the names of these shows. Super lovers. It's super okay. lovers. And it's it's quite problematic because the main couple, one of them is significantly younger than the other, like below the age of consent younger. Oh yeah. That's um, a problem. And they like they come from the same family, basically. Like one of them was raised by the other's family. So again, it's like it's it's a very cute show and I like the way they address the relationship, they address the issues of like the imbalances and everything. But still it does kind of bring into question 
what is okay and what isn't okay. And the last two that I wanted to mention is it's docusei or from the same class, classmates sometimes translated. It's a movie. It came out in 2016. It's very recent. And it's a beautiful love story of two school high school students who fall in love with each other um, over music and like one of them is more free and he doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life the other one is a straight-laced kind of student who already has everything planned out and how their relationship comes in conflict with, with those plans mm. so it, that one is a beautiful show the animation is absolutely breathtaking it, it looks like um like watercolors mm -hmm. it's yeah it's, it's very nice and one of my favorite voice actors is that one, so like i'd recommend to watch it and the last one that i wanted to finish with because let's finish on a good note yuri of course <laughs> yuri and ice 2016, I don't know how anyone who watches anime couldn't have heard about it. It was such a phenomenon. People are saying it's overrated. Perhaps it is. But still, you know, the main the, the main theme of the, the show, the, the intro, is uh, Born to Make History. That's the name of the song. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, the show did, did make history in its portrayal of queer characters by normalizing them. The creator said that she wanted to... The, the story to be set in a world where there is no homophobia. So she explicitly did not want that to influence their relationship. It is a level of escapism um, because mm -hmm. of that. And it's kind of the senpai notice me story where the main character is, you know, visited by the guy that he's been like secretly in love with for ages. He was in love with him, let's face it. Oh, yeah. The main character is also probably bi because he does talk about how him he had a crush mm. uh, on, a, on a girl. It's just a very interesting story. It's very wholesome and you can see how it's, it starts out very unevenly with one person having more power in the relationship than the other. But as it progresses, you see them level out. Mm -hmm. And there is a twist that, well, you will see in the next episode that we watch together. <laughs> but there is, a, there is a plot twist to the whole love story. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's very interesting um, in terms of characterization. It also portrays mental health quite well. You yeah. know, like anxiety and depression and also like being in a very competitive field where expectations are weighing yeah. on you. And mental health issues as in like common things. Yeah. Like anxiety, depression, as a lot of people actually experience it without yeah. it being extreme. But it's it's very like also how it can um, impair your your performances. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's very well it's really good. well done on that on that aspect. Yeah. It's not just that not just that. Yeah. It's a pretty good show. It's very well done, and the only regret that a lot of people have about it is that, you know, there was no explicit kiss in the show because of censorship and stuff. But like, it was pretty explicit in my opinion. Mm. It could have been it could have been better portrayed, but the the also the fact that it normalizes tactile affection between men. Yeah, I really like that. Not just between the main characters, but with the others. Like men touch each other all the time in a casual ways, and that's normal. Also in anime, you don't necessarily always have kisses, even for straight couples. Yeah, so yeah. It's a lot of things that suggested, no matter what the type of relationship. Yeah, absolutely. But so, just well, just one thing, because yeah. we talked about queerness and like it's gates and gates, like, mm -hmm. and and we haven't like focused much on on bi, but it's mm -hmm. true that in 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 animes and you you. No one talks about labels, so yeah. you never know exactly mm. what characters are, mm. which also makes sense because because of the culture, mm. uh, and also because a lot of things, like a lot of things in Japanese culture, are implicit. Mm. So it's when you say like there's no there's no kiss, nothing explicit. No, mm. It can be very very explicit for mm. from a Japanese mm. perspective, yeah, and pretty implicit, yeah, from like an American perspective, and. 
since you mentioned it, I just remembered that there's one show I didn't mention that I think I should. It's Card Captor Sakura. Surprisingly enough, the Sakura's um, older brother, um, Toya, mm -hmm. he is bi. He had a relationship with a woman, mm -hmm. but one of the main romances of the story is him falling in love with one of Sakura's allies, mm -hmm. and they're a canon couple. In the newer, because they just made a remake of it, in the newer version it's a little bit more explicit. Mm -hmm. And the, th the thing is, the two of them, they share this like magical bond and everything. The studio that made the show, Studio Clamp, they actually put the characters in other stories as cameos to portray that their relationship transcends time and dimension. Oh, that's very so it's, sweet. It's very sweet. And there is no explicit, like like you said, there's no explicit kiss or anything. But the two of them are super domestic together. And they one of them sacrifices himself in a way for the other. Mm -hmm. And it's a very wholesome relationship. Yeah. So it's, it's also the fact that Sakura is a kid's show. The fact that mm -hmm. kids can see this. And yeah. it's completely normal. And it's so beautiful. I think it's a, it's it's really good. And yeah, it's it's really yeah, it's it, it's good because a lot of what you mentioned are like adult mm -hmm. um, shows. Yeah. Like not for kids. Yeah. Um but this one is so, yeah, this yeah. one in Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon for sure. Sailor Moon is mm, it's yeah. for older children. Yeah. <laughs> it's Moon is complicated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, we talked about Japanese culture, we're not Japanese, mm. we research, you research mm. more than I did, we're pretty familiar with a lot of things, but if we said huge, yeah, something stupid, or like we've been disrespectful in any way. Yeah, please let us know. Yeah. And we would love to also talk to someone from the country. We'd love to, to have you on the show, also to get a newer perspective, because we do realize that we get very Western-centric at times. Uh, so it would be interesting to have people from other cultures, not just Japan, anywhere. Yeah. Just reach out to us and we'd love to organize something. Very interesting. And next week, I mean this week already, we are going to be at Klepsicon. We're super excited. Hopefully we'll be able to make an episode based on our experience there. Mm -hmm. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.